1: My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. My office supervisor, Princess Alessandra, got a little excited by that news, too. Uh, Here she is. She's back. They say I should put my cats in the other room, but the fact is nobody puts baby in the corner. Anyway, the Brilliance Plus Passion Project is about highlighting people who make a difference by being part of the world and by their contributions to it. It's my vehicle for meeting new friends, reconnecting with old friends, catching up with folks along the way, and showing you some people that you might want to connect with and that you can learn some things from as you go through your journey. So this is one of those reconnection type episodes, one of my favorite types, and I am here today with Sean Snowday, who I met about 12 years ago and who I've been in touch with from time to time ever since. And he's got some exciting, relatively new things going on. He is known as the founder of the Choreography of Negotiation podcast. So I'll definitely be tuning into that. And he's got just a lot of things going on. We'll find out about some of that in a second. And in the end, he has an invitation for you that I think you're going to find very interesting. Sean, good to see you again.
2: Yeah, it's great to see you, Adam. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: All right, so let's zip through the questions that we have at hand, and then we I have a feeling we're going to be going off on a couple interesting uh, pathways in our very compressed time together here, so I want to leave room for that. First of all, what is how does the work you do make a difference for the your community, market, and audience, and the world at large?
2: So uh, I'm the president of Solution Nation, and Solution Nation provides a platform for public and private companies in Israel to be presented to investors and basically to the world. So we have their profiles up there and um, you never know who's the next unicorn. The challenges they have are getting in front of the VCs, in front of the firms, in front of the investors, in front of the angels. And we provide a platform for them to do that. And just, you know, real quick is a uh, few of the big companies that are Waze, Guesty, Fiverr. These are all Israeli tech companies that have yeah. been Grown into big tech companies,
1: I, I I know it's. uh I myself have been astounded how much tech comes from Israel. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just a couple weeks ago. As a matter of fact, I learned that Fiverr was an Israeli company. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was very impressive when you find these things out.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, I yeah. I uh, grew up in uh, near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is known as Steel City. Well, steel ain't here anymore. Uh, during my very brief career working for other companies, it was right around the time that Pittsburgh was emerging as an information technology hub. Right. So that was quite interesting. So they were uh, turning all of the steel mill parks and what was left of them into laboratories for technology research. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Pittsburgh. Um, I actually have family out there. So, yeah, it's a really interesting um, n- neighborhood out there.
1: Yeah, certainly. What are some of the frequently asked questions you get from folks who are discovering more about you?
2: So, um, a lot of the questions that we get are, well, of course, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And um, I can't. I, I say it, and I've talked to my business partner about this. He's a great guy. Uh, the CEO of our company is David Wanatik, and he's actually he hosts the show, and I'm in the background. And right. Um, and the way I describe what we do is we bring the VCs to the public and private companies, but I kind of say it in a way of, um, it's kind of like a dating site. So yeah. I always say the private companies are the men and then we bring the women, right? Because the men okay. pay to bring the women over. So it's kind of a, an off, off color way to say it, but it really gets people to understand, Oh, they know exactly what we do.
1: Well, yeah. Just like when you're talking about, uh, uh, connectors for electric wires, we still deal with male and female because, I mean, how else do you describe it? Right. Absolutely. Right, right. What are a few questions that you wish people would ask?
2: So when it comes to our, so when it comes to our clients, one of the things is, uh, we would love for them to ask, how do they get in front of more people? Because that's our upsell, you know, we, we provide them a platform. So our MRR is going to be on the membership to be in there and doing their monthlies. But also if they want to uh, be on our podcast, then we charge anywhere from three to five thousand dollars for them to be on our podcast. And that's gonna get them in what
1: Uh-huh. I just want I'm sorry, I have to interject here. In one of my special reports, the one about how to monetize your podcast, I tell people that's alive and well. Yeah. They wouldn't argue with me over this. Sometimes it is actually paying for a slot, sometimes it's through sponsorship and advertisement. Uh, oh, yeah. the price plus passion, I mean, as you know, you know, this is no cost, this is my networking tool. But there are a lot of podcasts out there where there is an exchange for that, and it's a reality.
2: My uh, you may or may not know my coach, John Lee Dumas. Yes, of course, I do. Yeah, so I'm a part of Podcast Paradise. Yeah, it makes $250,000 a month as a podcaster. Yeah. So there's a lot of money out there, but with ours, you know, it's not so much. um, It's not so much the amount of subscribers. It's who they are. They're angels. They're firms. They're VCs. Yes. And they're the ones with the money and we're connected. So I have, um, you know, I'm connected with a lot of uh, fund managers, with limited partners, Mm -hmm. with angels, and we are always rubbing elbows with all of those people. And I'm an investor as well. And, um, and so that's why they're paying that kind of money. Plus we set them up and get them to where they're presented in the right way. Cause you could present your company the wrong way. And we're going to ask provocative questions to make them shine a little bit brighter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See that right there. And that's the word of caution I put in that same guide is it's one thing to say, pay me, but right. there are other things you have to have in place. And it's not necessarily you have a volume of, Listeners and subscribers, what's most important is who they are. Because when it comes down to it, using your analogy, and I think your model is brilliant, by the way, um, using your analogy, let's say you have a VC who's being interviewed on your podcast. Right. There is, as far as you and your partner, the hosts are concerned, the most important listener is your guest. Right. Now, for the guest, the most important listener is that one person who's tuning in. Who says, yes, I'm interested.
2: Right, absolutely. Because your
1: show is about creating that connection between the VC and the innovator.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, like, so it's kind of weird how I got into this, but um, I had a live event. I'm in Arizona right now. I had a live event. I paid for everything I paid for the venue, I paid for the drinks, the bartender, everything, right? And so I met uh, my good friend David Wanatick there, who's, who is, and, and I took equity in the company and then I came on board, but he's really passionate about Israel. And the thing with Israel is it's the size of Rhode Island. Okay. It's not yeah. a huge country. So the thing is, is that um, the people we're bringing investors that want to invest in Israeli based companies,
1: period. So that's
2: the niche right there. That's what yeah. makes
1: Right, so you're not even casting a net to investors in BCs around the world. This is specifically no. an Israeli audience.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's people that are interested in Israeli, investing in Israeli companies. Right. So there's a lot of people out here in, in America that want to invest in Israel and all over the world. you know. So Right, right. But, but it's people, so the companies, they're not just, they're, they're Israeli companies, but some of them have offices in America as well, you know, because the
1: dollar does better here. Uh-huh. Yeah, true, certainly. true, true. All right. So let's shift gears for a moment and have a little bit of fun. And I think uh, our listeners know where this is headed. And you may know as well, but uh, this is where we get to know Sean a little bit is yeah. a guy. And I've had a chance to hang out with you. We met at Christian Michelson's C4 conference. It was the yeah. Free Sessions to sell about 12 years ago, I think it was. Right. So first thing is, what would people who know you be surprised to learn about you?
2: Well, I mean, the way that I put it is I was a musician when I was younger mm-hmm. and I was literally, I was playing piano at my friend's apartment at the beach. We were literally, you walk down the stairs, there's the ocean right there and there's a boardwalk. This guy walks by and he just walks up to the apartment and he goes, I wanted to see who was playing. And the guy's name is Matt Fry. It was Glenn Fry's little brother. Yeah. So he got all these gigs booked already, you know, and the, um, This band opened for like Pat Travers. But I also jammed with, uh, I I had a band when I was a kid where we had uh, Shaka Khan's husband. We had uh, people from uh, Graham Central Station and Billy Preston who obviously played with the Beatles. So I was playing with these big players. And the funny thing about it is I had the look and the attitude. So back in the 80s, it wasn't really how good you were. It was how you looked. (laughs) And Uh I had the look. And I had the attitude and I could also play. So all I had to do was show up to the studio and I was able to play with these big, you know, the drummer from ZZ Top, um, Eric Johnson, just all these big, huge, uh, musicians I got to jam
1: with. and, And it was really an interesting part of my life. Wow. Um, and then the, uh, and in the aughts, I was hanging out with, uh, with 80s chart toppers. So, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting what a small world we live in. What do you hope people say about you when you're not around to hear it?
2: Well, you know, what I hope to say, and this is a funny question, because what I hope to say is that I'm a nice person. And I think the main word would be that I'm kind, because I'm kind of offbeat a little bit. I have a thing called Small Business Rocket Launcher where I speak every Thursday morning for an hour and a half. I'm not promoting that. But what I'm saying is I'm really irreverent, and I say a lot of off-color stuff. And when I'm at events, sometimes I can go sideways, and I'm rough around the edges, you know? So I um, love it.
1: I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen it in action once or twice, yes. Yeah,
2: and and the thing is that, um, you know, I just – and I try to make people laugh, but, you know, I'm a little older. I use words that you're not supposed to – use anymore and it's just my hopes that people are like you know what because I know they're saying that I'm smart and I know that they're saying that I'm you know that I'm great at what I do but I'm just hoping that they're saying that that I'm kind and loving that that's like what I really want to
1: leave that's fantastic if you could go back in time and change one thing you've done one thing you've happened one thing you've experienced what would it be and why
2: so I worked with so I have a website. It's no longer mine. I sold it. It's called Daily Wall Street. I'm thinking of buying it back. Okay. But um, uh, when we were doing that, I was working with a lot of, uh, I was working with penny stocks. And if you know anything about penny stocks, this is back in 2004. There's a lot of people that, you know, you don't want to engage with. And I didn't really know. In a matter of fact, everybody was going out and buying Ferraris and Maseratis. And I bought my Mercedes cash. Boom. Right. And, uh-huh. um, and I didn't really know what was going on because in the beginning, it's just like Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I actually worked with Jordan Belfort. It's, it's literally like you're, you're just seeing all these shiny, shiny items and all this big money. But then when you kind of get, they open up their kimono and you get to see what's going on. I backed out. I said, I want nothing to do with it. I washed my hands. I walked away. And if I could do anything different, it would be, have the awareness to see that faster and then realize that because I was young when this all happened to realize that happiness is not contingent on how much money you make, but the char- you know, the content of your character and the way you carry yourself and the message you bring. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I can, I could not agree with that more. And the next question I have is what famous person alive or dead would you like to meet? And what questions would you ask them if you had the opportunity? So this one is obviously, for me,
2: it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, the man, and I actually was at Traffic and Conversions where he spoke, and since I'm a partner with those guys and with Roland and everyone, you know, I got to go backstage and listen to all this stuff. But it was, um, you know, the guy has had three major careers in a foreign country and married our royalty, Right. So he was mystery yeah. of the universe, top of the weightlifters, right? Top action hero. And he was the, uh, a governor, right? Like top politician in California. Plus he married into the Kennedy family. So how does someone do that? What type of focus? What type of energy? So what my question would be is, is, you know, how do you develop and maintain relationships business and personal because you know what happened in his personal life but in his business life how do you maintain that business life that business and then how do you shift it to another totally different you know uh model and a whole
1: another industry so i I just find him fascinating yeah well that's that's great i i mean and you do bring out a side of schwarzenegger that is right in front of us but we don't often think about that is the fact that he did achieve so many different things we sometimes forget what they are uh mo- many folks don't know that he was actually an entrepreneur before he became a bodybuilder before he became an actor yeah what was he doing uh i believe it was something involved with construction if i remember correctly yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I think but, I yeah, but, but he wasn't an actor who then became a businessman. It was the right. other way around. Yeah. And you know what's something really
2: funny about him? This is a funny story, and he wouldn't mind it being said. But when he was in Austria and he was a little boy, well, like a pre-teenager, teenager, he knew that he wanted to be a bodybuilder. So in so you gotta picture this. You're 12, 13, 14 years old, and you have all these pictures in your bedroom of muscle men. In little underwear. And his parents are like, what's going on with Arnold? (laughs) And his vision was, I want to look like that, not I want to cuddle with that. But his parents didn't know. And he became, uh, you know, top bodybuilder in the world.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, I have a quick, and this is anecdotal, so I'll know how factual this is. But it's a story that I've heard somebody tell about uh, Schwarzenegger in the gym. And this is somebody who knew him. So Schwarzenegger's there. He's working out. He's pumping iron or whatever he was doing. And three times his buddy goes up to him and tries to make conversation. And Schwarzenegger just blows him off. Uh, one time he walks up and says, hey, hey, Arnie. And Arnie just gets off the machine and walks past him and actually bumps him in the shoulder and doesn't even, like, acknowledge the fact they just bumped the dude. So he's thinking, what have I done to piss Arnold off? So later he's in the locker room and Arnold comes up to him and like, Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? Throws his arm around him and everything else. It's like, I thought you were pissed at me. It's like, what? Well, I I, I walked up to you three times, and this one time, you kind of shoved me. Like, oh, well, I was thinking about how to make my next million. Yeah. So what he was saying saying is I was so dialed in to figuring out my next million dollars. I literally did not see you there. It was nothing personal. Yeah, it's focused. I have a financial
2: coach and he's in the top uh, 2% in, and he's in the 2%, right? And he goes, Sean, you know what I always thought about when I was in the 2%? I go, what? He goes, how do I get to the 1%?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So a couple of things uh, we're pretty close to wrapping up here, but uh, two more questions and an invitation. What Sean motivates and inspires you to keep going when you're having a tough time or facing a challenge? It's, it's going to be family
2: and it's going to just mm-hmm. be the people in my life um, that, you know, I have a lot of people that are championing me in the background. There's no one really saying... Now, there was a time when people were saying, why are you doing that? Back, you know, I'm an Infusionsoft partner. I'm a digital marketer partner. Um, you know, I used to always say to my mom, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it, right? If you're an entrepreneur, that totally makes sense. But if you have someone that... wants you to go into aerospace and have the same job for 30 years and get a pension. But aside from that, everyone else in my life really is there for me. They listen to me and they say, I can do it. Uh, Mostly the women in my life. I've always, uh, Mm -hmm. I just want to say one thing is there's a thing in uh, thinking grow rich called sexual transmutation and a lot of people like, Ooh, the word sex. But what it really means is if you have the right partner in your life, You're going to transmute that sexual relationship into money. And the way I explain that is, you know, Donald Trump with Ivana and or it was Ivana or Ivanka, whatever her name was.
1: Ivana was the wife. Ivanka was the daughter.
2: Yeah. So Donald Trump with Ivana and then Donald Trump with Marla Maples. Right. Yeah. Bankrupt, 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 bankrupt. Right. It's just, you know, and then he had to find someone where he can transmute that energy again. So I get a lot of my yeah,
1: with, yeah, yeah, which is why they've called Melania the replacement of Ivana. They're very similar to each other. Yeah. Not, not only not only in background as far as like where they come from, but also in terms of some of the things they did. Um, Ivana right. was an athlete who did some modeling, and, uh, and Melania was a model who did a little bit of athletics. Right.
2: And this is where I don't tell the joke. Yeah, exactly. Because I want people to know I'm kind and loving and not irreverent. Exactly.
1: Okay, so (laughs) Sean, that's great. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to share the gift you have for our audience in just a second. But before we do that, other than going to get your gift, what is one action that you would recommend that our listeners take as soon as they finish streaming this in the next minute or so?
2: Well, I'm going to say what I say to everyone on all my talks, and even to you, and I'm saying this even to myself, is get on the phone and call that person. You know right now, if you go in your head and think, top of mind, there's someone that is waiting for your phone call. And I'm not saying someone that you love or someone. that I'm saying someone that is ready to write the check. They have their credit card ready. They have been following you. They love you. They trust you. They Mm -hmm. adore you. They want you to be their coach. They want you to be, they want to be your client. And you know who it is. And we all have this anxiety and fear of, I don't want to call them. They're going to say no. They're not going to say no. So right at the end of this podcast, pick up that phone, call that
1: person. Call somebody, yeah. And just make it happen. Yeah, let let me just build on that for one second. Folks get so concerned about, oh, what if I send too many emails and somebody unsubscribes and they're going to send me a nasty letter about how I send too many emails. Somebody who's spending an hour and a half trying to repel you, has an issue that is not yours to solve at this time. However, the folks that are going to invest in you are watching you quietly. The only right. thing you could possibly do wrong is not send them enough emails. Right. And sometimes that phone call that out, that outreach. And in this day and age, maybe it's that direct message or that text. Cause there are some folks who don't even have phones for voice anymore. Believe it or not. Is the thing that says, I've been following Sean for a year now. He's in me. He's in my DMS. He's on my phone. Yeah. Oh, I've been wanting to speak with him so bad. I'm ready to hire him. Uh, here's my credit card. What do I do? Yeah. It's I, interesting a, how that works. One of the
2: things I say about the unsubscribe is that person is just creating a space for the next person to pull out their credit card. That's Seriously.
1: what I that's what I say. That's what I yeah. say. So let me share the gift here. It is a nice thing. It's called uh it's called attract, convert, and negotiate. And it's all about how to, ha- how to negotiate effectively and hammer out a deal like a boss. So it's, it's free. You can go check it out for yourself. And I think you'll uh, certainly enjoy it. It's a nice little training video. I'm going to watch it myself. And the URL for it, I'll say it out loud for those who are not seeing the video component, who are not on my website looking at the show notes, is choreographyofnegotiation.com forward slash intro. I'll say that one more time for the walkers and the joggers out there. Choreography of negotiation.com forward slash intro. Go check it out after you make that phone call. So you have two steps. Call that person, watch that video. And with that, Sean Snowday, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor, and believe me, in education, always a pleasure to chat with you. All right. Thanks sir, for having me
0: on.